Welcome to the Mount Nerds Podcast. My name is Caleb. I'm Cameron. And this week we have special guest Ephraim McCormick of Goodfellow Games. Before we dive in um, to our, our podcast topic today, you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and in, in, in your company? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as you said, my name is Ephraim McCormick. Thank you for pronouncing it correctly. Uh, it's a it's a doozy of a name to try and get. Um, oh, I'm surprised sorry. I did. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it, what's, well, your the favorite is, mis, what's your favorite mispronunciation? <laughs> oh, man, I would say the, the, the deep South mispronunciation is the most fun, which is the Ephraim. And I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, I mean, I live in Florida, so I'm kind of used to that one. Um, it's it's differently pronounced in different cultures, interestingly enough. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. So in Hebrew, it's Ephraim. Um, and okay. if you are like, uh, you know, Arabic or, or, you know, one of those, um, ethnicities, uh, cultures, then you, uh, it's pronounced, uh, Ephraim. Um, mm. and yeah, so it's, it's a, it's an interesting name. My parents, uh, were, they, they just read it in the Bible and they enjoyed the, the name of it and they've pronounced it Ephraim. So that's where I'm going from um awesome also like it was it. helped by uh shows like everwood which uh mm. if you remember was a show on the wb not the cw is back before uh it was a cw and <laughs> throwing it back yes that was a deep cut back to everwood <laughs> you know that that wonderful show that everyone remembers um oh yeah yeah interestingly enough though i've actually noticed that the name is uh is coming just ever so slightly it's ever so slowly it's coming back into the cultural zeitgeist so in the movie the lighthouse starring robert pattinson and um oh yeah uh, who am, I'm, I'm blanking on uh, his name uh, willem defoe william defoe willem defoe yes yeah. yeah um robert pattinson's name which they don't say each other's name in it but he's credited as ephraim in that hmm. movie oh, really? um yeah yeah it's interesting and i'm like i'm gonna go ahead and say that i hope the name does not come back as like a baby name because I would not wish the name Ephraim on, <laughs> on young children. That is not something that I wish for. Um, it can stay in the past with the Ezekiel's and the Hezekiah's uh, over there. So, yeah. But uh, sorry. Anyway, I'm ranting about my name. Um, <laughs> name is... This is what we do on this show. Yeah, yeah we go yeah. off on tangents. So. Yeah. Uh, but my name is Ephraim McCormick. I, uh, I by day I run a video production company called Elmwood Forest Productions here in mm. Florida. I'm I live right outside of Orlando, and uh, we we mostly do weddings and some corporate stuff, some charity stuff, and then um, in my spare time when I'm not working on fish and chips or good fellow games co projects i do little documentaries and things like that just to kind of keep my brain fresh and have passion projects so hmm. so yeah, yeah awesome. and i started <clears throat> i started good fellow games co um yeah about a, officially it was incorporated i believe about a year ago um okay. and i started working on fish and ships the game about I think three years ago now is when like I first kind of came up with the idea. So yeah, the, the company was something that it was a little bit later on just because it was a step that was needed to incorporate in order to uh, start receiving funds from Kickstarter. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, that was also a step that I wanted to kind of make it legitimate anyway. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's who I am and a little bit of my background. So, awesome. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tonight we are talking a little bit more about fish and ships and a little bit more about kind of how uh, you become, how, how do you become board game dev? How do you get into doing this? How do you, what, what kind of drives you to do this? So Ephraim, I'll let you just kind of take it away. If you want to just kind of tell us, you know, what's your background in just, I guess, coming up with this kind of stuff because i i know yep. nothing about it. i mm-hmm. i i if if someone if i my brain started working and it was like caleb i have a great idea for a board game <laughs> i wouldn't know how to start so tell yeah. us just kind of take us kind of walk us through that process and and tell us just a little bit more about that awesome yeah no happy to um yeah so i've been a fan of just like the tabletop world uh for a while um i started doing games nights with some friends who introduced me to kind of my gateway tabletop game uh which is called bang the bullet uh it's an it's technically an italian game but it's a very popular game in the tabletop world um it's considered like one of the classics now and uh that game is it's kind of like a social deduction type of game where you play as either a sheriff and his deputies or you play as um outlaws and you try and figure out what role each other is and the outlaws have to try and kill the sheriff and that was kind of one of the first games to incorporate that even i think i think it was even made before like werewolf um became popular so uh that was the first game that like a friend of mine brought over and that was the first game outside of the Monopoly and the Clue type mm-hmm. of games that I played. And I was like, this is like going into that game. I was like, this is a different category. Like it's not the standard roll the dice, move your piece. Right. Mm-hmm. And even though there's there's that element in a lot of what would be considered tabletop games now, um, there's so many more layers. And I think that was kind of this, I would venture to say that Bang the Bullet was one of the first, if not the first kind of a catalyst of this, what is commonly called the the tabletop or board game renaissance um, that we're in right now. Cause there's just, it's mm-hmm. just exploded. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, since then uh, I, since since starting to play that, I was like, okay, what what other you know games are there? And I, I started to build up my games library with um, games like King of Tokyo, which is a very fun game if you've never played it or heard of it. Mm-hmm. It is just so much fun. You play as a monster trying to a collection of monsters trying to um, battle it out, and uh, in the process, you're destroying a city. So I think yeah, I vaguely awesome. played that game once. I wanted yeah, to be the panda, is... but someone chose it. <laughs> yes, Panda Kai. You, yeah, no, he's he's great, and he has a lot of great special abilities. Um, and so, yeah, like a boss monster and and um, King of Tokyo, and uh, even I actually kickstarted the. I was a Kickstarter back, Kickstarter backer for the Trogdor board game, which if you've if you're a child of the '90s and early 2000s, Homestar Runner, uh, the creators of that cartoon made a board game and if you don't have any idea what i'm talking about that's fine because that's just nostalgia um anyway so i, I started <laughs> to kind of like delve into that and, and get into more of the categories of games and i started to kind of branch out more into the heavier types of of games like the strategy games with the miniatures mm-hmm. i never delved into like warhammer or anything like that because that is so much money but um but in general i would i would start breaking out of that and then after a while, um, you know, some of my friends and I, as we were playing these games, we were like, you know, it'd be really neat if, if there was, you know, this type of game. And then we 
Um, like a friend of mine actually uh, started to kind of create one with foam board. And that was a pretty cool one. Um, and then I had created a couple myself that were interesting, um, but had, I think, a little bit too complex to be uh, like entry level. And mm-hmm. the whole time while I was creating them, I was like, I really want to create a game like Bang the Bullet, not just in terms of, you know, like, I don't want to rip off the game. I would like, but, mm-hmm. but in terms of the the feeling that a person gets when they play that type of a game for the first time, I want my, I want to create a game that gives that feeling to a person like, oh, this isn't Clue. This isn't Monopoly. This is a different game. What is this? You know, what is this that I'm playing? Um, and so I came up with, uh, I know this is going to sound cliche, but um, I usually am my most innovative when it comes to games. Uh, when I'm like just about to fall asleep. Um <laughs> That's how or, it always happens. Yeah, right. And I'm like, notebook by your bed. Literally, like, I, yeah, I have a notepad on my phone, and I'm just like, all right, well, I'm gonna groggily like message this to myself, and I messaged like nautical game where you play as a the ship and you try and get across the ocean. Um, and uh, fun fact, that is not really what fish and ships is now (laughs) um there was a whole the whole different game that i essentially had uh kind of created uh after i woke up where i was like oh yeah no like and then each ship is going to give you a different like speed level and you're going to race across a board and it's going to be fun um and yeah that that went out the window um (laughs) and i started to kind of uh get more into like but I, I started to double down on the nautical theme and i really enjoyed i i'm a i enjoy puns a great deal um <laughs> and uh my friends and i also enjoy puns and uh we were all the name actually i don't recall if it was it was me or if it was one of my friends at games night who came up with the name i think we all just kind of like were thinking of of names and then um, I was like, oh, we should do something about, you know, like maybe it's like fish and chips themed. And they were like, fish and chips. And <laughs> like, we all we all had that wonderful sense what? of accomplishment. Yeah, we had that wonderful <laughs> sense of accomplishment of like, we have crafted the perfect pun. Um and uh and so that was <clears throat> that was what um that's the genesis of the name. And um it it I wanted, I landed on a core mechanic. My philosophy when it comes to creating a board game or, or a card game or a tabletop game of any kind is, especially in this kind of other category that we're talking about, right? Is um, every famous or, or popular new tabletop game, in my opinion, has a core mechanic mm-hmm. and layers that are leveled upon that core mechanic. So in Bang the Bullet, for instance, the core mechanic is um, you can fire guns at each other. Um, that, that's if you if you stripped everything else away from it, it would just be the ability to fire a single bullet to a person on your left or to a person on your right. That's it. And then there are layers that are added to that, like there are 
items that you can draw from the deck that will enhance your ability to fire at your opponents. So there are some that increase the the damage. There are some that increase the range. Um, there are some that mm-hmm. increase your defense against other people's bullets. Those are all layers that are leveled on top of that um, that core mechanic. And so for me, I was like, all right, well, let's just develop a core mechanic and then we'll build it from there. And my core mechanic, similar to Bang the Bullet, is... Um, firing cannonballs at each other um although it's not to the left or the right my mechanic my core mechanic of my game is uh very much uh it's kind of like the game of war and if you've ever played that with uh playing Mm. cards where you like place down a card and then your opponent places down a card to try and trump it um that's very similar to what the core mechanic in um in fish and ships is but it is uh but it's a little bit more to do with math. <laughs> um, like your sum needs to exceed the sum of your opponent. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all just about like you have numbers of cannonball cards mm-hmm. and you're firing at your opponent. And, and I wanted to kind of, kind of, even though it's a very <clears throat> whimsical game, I wanted to kind of make it, I wanted to base my rule set off of a real world in quotes scenario that Mm -hmm. would happen and the real world scenario is that if you are a pirate ship and you are ambushing another pirate ship you have the advantage right because you have Mm -hmm. the element of surprise they're not prepared you are prepared you have all your cannons prepped right and so in the game um if you're the attacker you have an advantage um in that you can essentially stop the battle at any point um by tying and they have to if like if they have cannonball cards in their hand they're the defender they just as long as there's an enemy pirate ship that's firing cannonballs at them they need to try and respond if they can um that's kind of the real world scenario so um that's the core mechanic of fish and ships and then the layers that i added onto it um which came over time as we were play testing um were things like uh, special abilities that could be gained um through the collection of treasures so Hmm. your goal in fish and ships isn't just to destroy your opponents um in fact technically you can't actually fully destroy your opponents they're always going to come back to life um (laughs) your goal is to collect a very specific set of treasures um Mm -hmm. that come in the form of magical fish um i like it thank you um it's fish and ships um that's the fish part yeah. Oh, oh, that's the, oh, there's the name. Ah. That's why I'm Superman for the quest for peace. Um, <laughs> oh, I just got it. Yeah. Oh, that's the name. Um, so you have to collect, uh, and your your combination is unique. You get a little secret card with a secret combo that only you must collect. Um, and each one of the fish is associated with a compass point that's on a card that you can draw from the deck. And uh, like usually you have to draw about, about five different cards in order to uh, achieve your goal and the first person to achieve that or to collect them and and have them in their possession wins the game um that's the goal i probably should have led with what the goal of the game is but i didn't um so that's the uh, that's the goal of the game and you can you can throughout the game you can steal uh, opponent's treasures you can um place them down uh, kind of in front of you in a sort of a mm-hmm. Texas Hold'em almost style where uh, like, and that kind of protects them from being stolen. And then there's these uh, beautifully illustrated um, card, special cards called Tide Turners, which are these just kind of gorgeous 
Magic the Gathering style artwork mm. pieces um, that um, I had commissioned. And uh, anyway, so I that, was going to say, was, yeah, yeah. going to interrupt you here just for a second and just say because mm-hmm. I'm looking right now at the website and I'm I'm looking at some of these cards that you have posted and man, this artwork is like amazing yeah like no, i'm I would... loving it. it is beautiful artwork <laughs> yes i would be uh i would be, it would i would be remiss if i did not mention uh the artist who we commissioned his name is mitchell mayorga and he mm. is absolutely amazing um on instagram his handle is uh at may chow m-e-h-c-h-a-l-l um and he, he's just like i guess i should kind of rewind about how i found him um at first, when I was, when I first made the game and we were playtesting it, um, I was just, it was just Sharpie that we had written uh, to cross out the numbers and stuff on uh, bicycle cards. I bought some like bicycle playing cards from, uh, from Walgreens and, and we just wrote, this is what this card does uh, in the deck. Um, and then as we got more into it and like the game started to take form, we were like, okay, we need to, I need to start commissioning um, artwork. And so I found a few like friends who were artists and they, they definitely had the talent, but they didn't have the time. Um, and so I uh, went on to, uh, what is it? What's that website? I went on to deviantart.com. I was about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, it's, deviant a great, art, it's a great art. Um, it is. I uh, forgot place. that it had existed um, for a very long time, but uh, deviant art actually has a very, um, they're still very active like community and their mm-hmm. classified section is really nice. So I went on there and I was like, I'm going to, I commissioned um, prototypes from artists on there um, and I paid them for that. And it was just to give me like a rough draft kind of type of thing um, for that. And I had a selection of, I think, four or five. And then um, Mitchell Mayorga was the one who like just he was he, he went the extra mile and like made, a, I think, a full full colored um, draft. And I was like, well, that's points for that. Um, and then uh, like his portfolio was just leaps and bounds above anything that I had seen. So I was like, well, I mean the the price point was correct and uh yeah i was absolutely um on board with that so so yeah that's how i found mitchell um and he's been great this whole time um i actually there was kind of halfway through the commissioning of artwork like we because i I would go you know I, i would do a job with my regular business as a wedding videographer. And then I would put a little bit of money away for commissioning a a piece of art. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, like after a while, he actually, I remember he asked in an email, like, Hey, would you mind if I raise my prices? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. You can totally raise your prices. Please do. You are very much undervaluing yourself right now Um, because he was. So uh, I was just, he's, he's been great. Um, And like Mm -hmm. literally like when I first, thought of my artwork um the thing that i had in my head was actually more of like a scrimshaw or a woodcut like a woodprint type of style mm-hmm. like an old sailory type of you know like a like what would be in a, an old sailor's tattoo type of mm. artwork. yeah um and that kind of went out the window um <laughs> when i started seeing mitchell's art where i was like you know what honestly like just 
do what you want. I wanted to really just give him like the free reign. Um, and I commissioned one of the tide turners, which is um, one of those special artwork ones that he was able to kind of be a little bit more free with his style. Uh, and it just really, it shone, it shined, it shined, um, it shined really, really well. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the, the scrimshaw thing is, is out. I'm fine with having this art style um, on my game. And, one of the best, one of the biggest compliments that I've gotten uh, so far consistently has been like, wow, this artwork is gorgeous. This is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why it caught my eye. Um, so I'm like, yeah, sweet. Awesome. <laughs> job. Nice. Uh, job well done, Mitchell. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm just I'm, I'm I as you were talking, I was just kind of scrolling through and I looked at uh, kind of this this post you have kind of the layout of all the cards with the north, south, east, west um, oh, yeah. and then the, like the deck and stuff. And man, this is this is not this is not just like uh, something thrown together. You really it looks like you put a ton of time and work into this thing. Yes. Um, and it definitely shows because uh, well, this thing this thing does not look like poopy. This is like <laughs> legitimate looking like I want this right now. Oh, I'm, that... I'm texting my wife to, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank mm. you. Yeah. Our, uh, our pre-launch, well, our relaunch pre-launch page is currently up on Kickstarter. You can follow it right now. Weirdly enough, Kickstarter, uh, if you go to the website and you search for fish and ships, you'll find our old campaign. You will not find the new pre-launch campaign. So, uh, best way to find us is either going on our website, which is, uh, www.fishandshipsgame.com. At least I think that's what the website is. Uh, and we'll yeah. put we'll we'll put this in the, yeah, the show notes you, yeah. as well. So I appreciate that. Um, um, but yeah, so uh, in terms of time, you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, it, it took. I would say collectively, uh, we've spent just so many hours. Um, I'd say over three hundred hours playtesting um the game yeah and it's it's not like i actually even started to do a little bit of a video series on tiktok because yes i'm super cool uh (laughs) i'm just like a tiktok a tiktok Uh, uh, makes yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh i started to uh i started to do a little video series on there just for fun to just kind of like try and encourage people and like here's how to make a game um, like, here's what I've been doing, my process, and here you can too, type of thing. Um, I felt a little bit like I can't really continue that series yet because technically I haven't made a successful game yet. Um, mm-hmm. It my, the, the grand hope, of course, is that it will be successful, but technically as of right now, I haven't. So I like, I feel as though I can't fully say like, here's here's what i did and this works Mm -hmm. until it works um but but uh back to my original point about you got this is this is where i am so far though Mm -hmm. um because i'm sure there's people out there that that are interested in doing this i mean like yeah i'm probably not creative enough but uh (laughs) but there are totally people this is always just kind of a question of mine with honestly anything it's just like where do you start with this and you don't realize that there's kind of this i i forget if it was 
it was either apples to apples or wits and wagers but one of those board okay. games i remember reading on the box like one has won over 30 board game awards and i'm thinking <laughs> there are board game awards and there's more than 30 of them <laughs> like what is this world i don't know about so the hidden, yes the hidden secret world of board games i know the, so, yeah uh... there's clearly yeah people for this yeah I would say that if anyone is just getting into thinking about starting to make a game, um, the biggest thing that will keep you going is once you have a core mechanic established Mm -hmm. um, and that core mechanic, it can be anything, but I have found that it will stick the most and you'll feel the most excited about it if the core mechanic is based off of the concept of your game. So... If your game is about birds, your core mechanic should be related to what a bird would do. Um, mm. If your core mechanic is about ships firing at each other, your core mechanic should be similar to that. So that kind of just yeah. just in you saying that it kind of reminds me of a game called Photosynthesis. Mm. You know, yes. that that game is about growing trees mm-hmm. and the core mechanic is growing trees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's about planting seeds and um placement of you know your sunlight and um so yeah that's just kind of um what that you saying that kind of reminds me of yeah you don't need to like none of none of the tabletop games that exist in the world today um are like new they're, they're not reinventing anything they're just they're just like any piece of art essentially your goal when making art isn't to make something that people like people aren't going to look at a, a, a painting of a landscape and be like, Oh, I've seen that landscape before. Like, no, they're, they're going to look at that painting and appreciate it because it's that specific artist's vision of mm-hmm. that landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should be encouraging. I think to anyone who's trying to make a game because yeah, like just kind of be comforted by the fact that your goal is not originality of core mechanic your goal is originality of vision um and that's like i mean as long as you're an original artistic person which a lot of people are then you're gonna be good so um that was the first half of my response (laughs) and then the second half was uh was yeah the tabletop world is super big and super great um like i discovered it when i first started making fish and chips i was like you know, finding hashtags on Instagram and yeah, the tabletop community is one of the most welcoming communities I've ever encountered. Aww. And that's coming from a person oh, yeah. who works in the wedding industry for <laughs> living, right? Uh, wedding industry people are wonderful. Like wedding planners are incredibly encouraging. It's kind of a rising tide lifts all uh, ships pun intended. Ah. Um, ah. But uh, with, but with the tabletop community, it's even more um, welcoming. Like the minute, that I started posting stuff, I would get, I got a a collection of reviewers who, you know, started commenting and and many of them messaged me. It was like, Hey, what's, what's this game? Like, I want to, can I, you know, post about it? I'm like, yeah, you, you want, do you want money for it? I don't do it. Do you want me to pay? And they're like, no, I just want to like, you know, share it. I'm like, this is crazy. Amazing. Um, So it's that, that has been another uh, very encouraging thing. And if you haven't delved into the tabletop world and you're looking for uh, a game to uh, kind of play and you are bored with the current level of tabletop games that you have, I'd very much recommend just go on Instagram, you know, search like 
tabletop games and you will find thousands of really unique games like photosynthesis that uh, mm-hmm. that will scratch that itch so oh yeah it, it seems like the uh, you know there's really a board game for everybody i mean there mm-hmm. really is like yeah. my uh my uh in-laws they they're not really board game people they're not mm-hmm. but they they love the old monopoly game so they were just walking through uh the store one day and they saw that they had a monopoly card game and they 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 called me the other day super excited (laughs) to play this monopoly card game wow i think i've played that one yeah like it's like it's it's like monopoly go or monopoly million or something yeah and they're excited because they know i love board games and so they're like super excited to tell me about this. I was like, yeah, there, there's literally a board game for anything. You know, you try to sit them, sit with them and play actual Monopoly. They're not about it. Yeah. But that game, they're oh, like, yeah. hey, we're going to come bring it. Next time we see you, we want to play it. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Nice. <laughs> there is literally, it feels like a board game for anybody. And lots of tons of different varieties of board mm-hmm. games too. You yeah. know, you have your, you have your card based games. You have, uh, you know, you have with your meeples you have yeah. uh, social old deduction. school games social yeah. deduction absolutely and you have yeah. all these just great um i'll say genre of games yeah um out there and and there's there's a ton out there but i i i tell you what this fish and ships is like my kind of game i love <laughs> card games and yeah. I love pirates, so yeah. it's like, there we go. I'm sold. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to hear that. Now, uh, I do want to ask you this. Um, yeah. I did see on your site, and, and just kind of talk a little bit more about it, the King's the King Tide expansion? Yes, the King Tide expansion. So, um, you know, I was talking before about the core mechanic um, and then layers of, of layer on top of that. One of the things that I have found while playtesting, uh, or sorry, while like this whole process has been going on, is that like the game has kept evolving. I've still, I've still kept getting more ideas about like, oh, I could, I could probably like just add this rule and and make this kind of a fun thing. Um, I've also gotten a lot of feedback from reviewers who have been mm-hmm. like very detailed and like, oh, I loved this about this. We had some difficulty with this, um, and it's all been again going back to that community uh element like it's all been incredibly create or incredibly um positive feedback and um and as a result of some of that i started to think like well it would be really neat if i could add like just a couple more layers to this game but to kind of to that to that point you were talking about it with your with your grandparents um or was it your parents sorry in-laws <laughs> In-laws, okay. sorry, it was in-laws. So kind of going back to that point that you mentioned about your in-laws, um, it was like the base game of Fish and Ships can be accessed by anybody who just wants to play. And ha- they don't have to have played any other types of games before. Like you can play it with, you know, just anybody. A person who would be into Monopoly Go uh, or Monopoly Millionaire, the card game, um, could easily pick this game up and learn it very quickly within a couple of rounds. Then mm-hmm. I had more people ask me, like, hey, I had more, like, in-depth game, like, tabletop gamers who were like, hey, you know, do you have any extra things that can, like, beef up the game a little bit? And I was like... I mean, I have this whole collection of ideas. I just didn't put them into the base game because 
they didn't really fit um mm-hmm. so that's where the the genesis of this expansion pack came which is um also helpful because it's going to be you know on kickstarter everyone loves add-ons um so the king tide expansion pack isn't unlike in a in a like an ea game uh video game where like you get 70 percent of the game and then you have to buy the remainder of the game in order to have a fun time uh that was a dig on ea come at me um (laughs) get an email from their lawyers like hey we heard what you said we Um, listened to that episode we know you're talking crap about us yeah you you hurt our feelings real bad um but anyway it's like it listens to this podcast (laughs) i've made it (laughs) so Nice. Uh, well, you know, here's hoping. Here's hoping I've uh, I've <laughs> stirred the pot enough to to get that sweet sweet EA <laughs> listenership. Um, but anyway, so like, so unlike in a in a video game like that, um, where you have to you know buy the rest of the game, in Fish and Ships, the base game is its own standalone game. And if you mm-hmm. want to add in extra elements of strategy. Um, that's what the King Tide expansion is for. And the King Tide expansion adds a few unique Tide Turner cards, which are, like I mentioned, those kind of special um, one-off cards that will get disposed of once used. Um, It will also include two new game mechanics that are not in the base game. One of those mechanics is the ability to team up with another player to fight the other teammates in the game. That's called the Armada mechanic. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a fun one. Um, and then the other one is, uh, coins I've included, uh, currently they're in cardboard form. And if we just reach our base game, they're going to be in cardboard form, but that's fine. They look gorgeous in cardboard form regardless. Um, and the coins edition that's in the expansion pack that will allow essentially like other special abilities to be used, um, it's hard to describe if you haven't played the game, but it'll allow uh, special abilities to be used as one-offs if you want to. Uh, that awesome, yeah. Um, and you can like the one of the layers of the game is that the more treasures you collect, the more magical abilities you can collect for yourself and assign to yourself um, mm-hmm. from this pool that's in the center of magical abilities, and the coins are an added layer of that. They add extra magical abilities that you can use. So I've been really excited for it. I'm, I'm excited to see, like, I actually just updated the artwork on the Kickstarter pre-launch um, that has the, uh, the King Tide expansion pack um, artwork on it. And it's, it's really fun. It's, it's going to be just so much fun. Um, I should probably also mention what happened with the first Kickstarter and then why mm. we're relaunching. If you guys want yeah. to go into that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's I was, I was actually kind of curious. I didn't want to ask just in yeah, case, no, it was a, yeah. in case it was a, a sour note there, but how, yeah. No, how dare you? This interview is over. <laughs> um, he's storming out. He's, yeah. he's just walking out. You can't tell, but you're going to have to, I'm, I'm describing walking away very humbly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, uh, the first Kickstarter we launched last year um, and it was towards like it was it was during oh no it wasn't last year what am I saying it's not at all last year it was it was the beginning of this year that we launched it we were still kind of recovering from um, you know the pandemic yeah. uh, but I'm 
I'm reluctant to blame it on that um, just because I had seen other Kickstarters become, you know, very successful for indie games at around that time. So um, we had planned to launch the Kickstarter uh, this, you know, earlier this year and we did so. Um, but there was one or there, there were a couple of fatal flaws that I did not think of before launching. And the first was that you can you can put your pre-launch page up on Kickstarter months before you actually launch your game, <laughs> your your Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did not do that. I launched I I put up the pre-launch page like three days before we were scheduled to launch, and I had like you know some followers. I had like fifty people who were following me on Instagram who were uh, you know really excited for it, and they were day one backers but like uh one of the biggest things that you can do for the success of kickstarter is to put that pre-launch page up and just let it keep collecting followers um Mm -hmm. mostly because those types those followers will stay followers and kickstarter will remind them itself when your campaign launches as opposed to you having to hope that the instagram algorithm or the twitter algorithm presents Mm -hmm. that to your followers right um like it'll send an email that goes past their spam filters directly into their inbox that says hey this game that you are following just launched and not only will kickstarter do that to a person who is um a follower of a pre-launch page it will also then remind people later on in the campaign that the campaign's about to end it with Mm. another email Mm. which is so great like the the all of the forums and all the research and all of the hours of Reddit trolling that I've been doing. <laughs> um, I say trolling, not trolling, but like patrolling and anyway, whatever, uh, all of the, the <laughs> Redditing that I've been doing um, has pointed to, you really want to get that email list of followers um, so that you can email them. And I do have an email list. I have an email sign up on the website, but uh, you know, even that, with like a, an automated email system is like mm-hmm. a certain percentage of those are going to go straight into spam filters. Even if the person mm-hmm. wants to back your game, they're not going to see it launch. Um, so that's the one flaw that I didn't do. Um, and I, I was kind of beating myself up about that. Like even going into, it, I was like, ah, oh, I really should have done this. Um, and then the second thing that I did, which is another thing uh, that was a failure of mine for the first Kickstarter was, I, uh, with the shipping, so the game, the price of the game on Kickstarter, the first one was $25, which, uh, is a little expensive for a card game. Um, especially if it's like a small box card Mm -hmm. game, like $25 is a little bit, but like if you had free shipping or whatever, a lot of people would be like, all right, whatever shipping's included, I'll pay $25 (laughs) to an indie game. That's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. But... I then also had uh, a shipping section that that said, like, after the campaign's finished, we're going to have to charge you shipping. And that shipping was going to be pretty expensive for most people, Um, even people in the US. I had I was I think it was going to charge them like ten dollars for shipping, which brings the price up to thirty five dollars for an indie card game from a company that hasn't had a successful thing before. Like you're not going to want to pay that. I wouldn't even want to pay that. And the reason why I did that um, was was uh, a little bit 
of a it was a mistake on my part because I was so so the European Union recently enacted uh, laws that are kind of not so much cracking down on Kickstarter, but they are closing a loophole that has been happening with Kickstarter in the EU, wherein Kickstarter will say like, if you're like a really big Kickstarter campaign, you can afford mm-hmm. to pay um, what's called VAT or value added tax. It's essentially all of the import taxes that are associated with shipping a product to the European Union. Uh, those are very high. They're incredibly high because it's the EU. And in order to pay all of those taxes up front on my end, I needed to distribute that cost to the rest of the backers. Mm-hmm. Um and because like if i didn't then in theory if i got like a wave of european backers i would go bankrupt because i wouldn't make any money off of the game because i'd just be paying um for shipping so that was a mistake for a variety of reasons um but i changed it in the middle of the campaign i changed it like no 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 no. we're we're gonna like we're only gonna charge us backers like you know five dollars or whatever for shipping and then eu backers you have to pay more but by that point changing a kickstarter campaign in the middle of its uh, campaign even if you have momentum mm-hmm. it's going to stall that momentum and at that point we had started to lose momentum um with like backers kind of trailing off mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah it, I, I know um but it taught me a lesson because the I was actually very encouraged by it. And I made a post about it um, that's on Instagram as well, like kind of describing the whole process and why I was encouraged because at the end of it, like towards the, it was, I think it was in the middle of it. I think it was day 18 or 19 that I decided to cancel the Kickstarter. Um, Cause I was like, we're not going to reach our funding goal. Um, and I, I would rather cancel it now than just kind of wait for the timer to run out and be like, well, no. you know, um, but I was encouraged by it because I saw there were, I think we got like 150, I want to say backers, something like that um, wow. for the original game. And yeah. that was just like, that was crazy. And a lot of those backers were people who weren't following me on social media and they didn't know me personally. It wasn't like friends of family who were backing it. Like my grandma, just, my cousin. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like that was uh, one of the fears that I had was like, Oh yeah, cool. You know, I have all my friends like chipping in, but like, no, these were legitimate, like people who didn't even know me who wanted to buy the game that I had made. And that was super exciting. Um, and then the other thing that was encouraging was like, it wasn't at least in my mind, it was not it was not because people didn't want to buy the game that the kickstarter failed it was it wasn't that i gave it my all and it still failed it was that i made several very key mistakes that should be remedied for a future campaign and then if that campaign fails then i've got a dud on my hands um but uh yeah so that was the the biggest thing so now with the like from that point I started kind of hitting the ground running again with my reviewers and my community and my followers to be like, Hey, we're going to relaunch. And this time there's going to be two major differences. Number one, uh, we're going to have the pre-launch page up well in advance and we're not going to launch until we have a thousand pre-launch followers. We only need 800, but I want a thousand. Um, and then number two, unfortunately, I am not going to be able to offer shipping to Europe for this Kickstarter. 
I have to keep it to the United States and Canada. Thank you, Canada, for being super awesome with your trade agreements with the United States, because it is super easy to mail things to you. Um, so those two things. And since I am cutting out that um, source of costs, I'm going to be bringing my uh, funding goal down significantly because I don't need to pay for the EU costs. And then number two is I will be able to offer free shipping to anywhere in the continental oh, nice. United States. And that is a huge perk. It yeah. really is. Like, yeah. so I've bought things and I'm like, Ooh, I know. $8 shipping. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know, it's a calculation, you know, especially yeah, if like, I know. especially if like, I don't, I don't plan on making, uh, I don't plan on making a profit from this first mm-hmm. game that I've made. I, I hope to break even because the key thing to the first successful Kickstarter is not that your Kickstarter makes you a million bucks. It's that your first Kickstarter is successful enough that you can get your product to several hundred people. And then when you have some clout. Yes. And then those several hundred people, they already know you have a successful game. They are not necessarily immediate fans, but they're definitely, there's a lot of them who are going to be fans of yours. Mm -hmm. And that will make your next game a lot easier. uh, Your next campaign rather um so yeah free shipping to continental united states and i'm also going to bring the price down for good measure as well i think it's right now like the main game if you just want the base game um and you haven't gotten the early bird special when we launch is going to be like 21 dollars. i want to say and that's going to be free shipping to united states it's going to be like five dollars shipping to canada um and so like that's hopefully going to bring bring people like it's going to bring the threshold down Mm -hmm a lot it's not going to be like a break the bank type of game for people um so yeah that's that's the that's a new strategy and i know like that that's i i can't really help but be encouraged by it like there's a Mm -hmm. there's a tendency to be like oh well you know your first campaign failed are you going like are you discouraged and i i never got that wave of discouragement i don't know why maybe i'm crazy but i was like (laughs) nah this is just a this is actually really like I, I got this huge data dump of like, I know exactly where all of my backers are going to be the percentages of them. Right. I know now that like 95% of my backers are going to be in the U S the other five is going to be Canada. Like that's, that's good to know. Now I know how to, how to market. So, um, but yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, that was just really encouraging. I mean, seriously it is um, yeah. because I know there are things, even that I do that I start, projects or whatever and we're just like all right well i don't really didn't really do anything i feel like i'm just gonna quit but no that really is encouragement man and we we appreciate that that yeah no i'm um, happy to yeah if i can offer kind of like and i i really do need to make a blog post about this but my again mm-hmm. like just like before where i was like kind of stopped my tiktok series because i didn't feel as though i could have that that successful campaign uh mm-hmm. clout i i don't think i'm gonna have my blog post about like i did it and you can too and here's how type of thing again until it's successful mostly because mm-hmm. i don't yeah. want to count my chickens before they hatch but we have yeah. 261 uh pre-launch followers right now um 262 of... i'm about to go oh, two, oh what pre-launch it thank you very much appreciate that um and i'm just i'm excited about it i'm just it's the the community has been 
incredibly supportive uh even oh, yeah. in the even in the wake of the initial uh campaign not funding like i was like oh wow i got just so many messages from people i'd never even talked to like no keep going keep going and most of my backers even actually like were direct messaging me like hey you know are you going to relaunch when are you going to relaunch i really want to back this game so yeah. that's been just it's so it's a weird feeling to go from just a few years ago i had kind of you know a nautical game with scrimshaw art that has racing boats, you know, and we were writing on mm-hmm. Sharpies, uh, writing with Sharpies on cards to there's just a collection of people who are strangers who want to like participate in this project, this passion project that you have. Um, yeah. That's been really just so much fun. So that's awesome, man. Well, Ephraim, thanks again for for coming on and talking about the the game. I am looking forward to it. And if you're listening to this podcast, go just go check it out. Mm. It's <laughs> it's great. Like I'm I've been staring at most of this art, and it is like the art looks great. The gameplay sounds really really fun, and I cannot wait um, for this thing to come out because it looks like a blast. I mean. Pun intended, cannonballs blast. <laughs> I, see what you, I see what you did there. Yeah. You could say you're on board with it. Oh, <laughs> look at it go. Look at it go. <laughs> Guys, I don't appreciate puns. Um, oh, so yeah, oh, if you can oh, dial oh, that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take yeah, it down I'm just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> But yeah, no, well, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. It's been Absolutely. fun. This is the first podcast I've ever been on. Um, so yeah, I hope I, I've had a really fun experience. It's been awesome, really, really cool. I'm I, glad I, we can you you came on and uh, we, you were able to have fun on on our show. Um, just so if they want to find you, um, where is the best place to just to kind of connect with you and, and to see more about uh, the game? I know we will throw the Kickstarter link. Um, once once that is we'll we'll throw that and we'll promote you guys as well because this looks awesome um, yeah. so tell us where, where they could find you it is most likely on the website that's a nice hub which is fishandshipsgame.com um, i'm very active on instagram at fishandships uh on instagram and then also on twitter it's at fish, at real fishandships real spelled like a fishing reel r-e-e-l yeah. fish and chips mm-hmm. yeah fish and chips was taken by some rando account and i'm like eh, all right fine so that's where we are um and just and for clarification that's in ships the letter in not and yes that yes. you know thank you very much for clarifying that because i have mm. done very poorly with clarifying that before and some people have made that confusion and been like i searched for you i couldn't find it yes it's fish Aww. the letter n ships as in a sailing ship um <clears throat> so instagram and facebook are the same which is at fish and ships um there and so yeah yeah follow me on there and uh follow the pre-launch page through the click-through link on the website gets you right there on kickstarter so awesome well you can follow us on our socials you can follow us on twitter at nerds mountain on instagram at mountain nerds pod and on facebook at mountain nerds podcast you can also catch us streaming on twitch three days a week me and Taylor are uh, kind of rotating days, so she's streaming on Wednesdays. We're both doing a co-op game on Fridays, and Sundays I play a random game. So be sure to give us a follow there. And you can also, if you really like the show, um, you want to hear more, you want to give us some feedback, please give us a rate and review on Apple, iTunes, and, and Podchaser. We'd love to hear back from you. 
Um, love just to hear feedback on the show. And we definitely love to read um, those reviews on the show. Well, guys, that is it. Thanks again, Ephraim, for coming on. And my friends, as always, stay safe and stay nerdy and be blessed. Thank you.